Hi, everybody. Welcome to a, another Prague Report podcast. Very special episode. Uh, we are going to tackle another Ultimate album. Today, we're doing Ultimate Prog Metal album, uh, which should be a lot of fun. And uh, joining us is uh, what we, who we consider the Prog Metal expert, uh, Mr. Jeff Wagner, my old friend. How are you, sir? Thank you. I'm, I'm great. Thanks We've actually swapped out Jeffs for anybody uh, wondering what happened to the other Jeff, because this is a metal show, and um, well, you took you took Jeff and you made him more metal. We made him more metal. We gave him long hair, longer hair, yeah. less yeah. G, more of a J. So, <laughs> so to give a to give a little uh, background, uh, Jeff and I used to work together in our record label days, and he was an editor for Metal Maniacs magazine and an author of uh, quite a few books which one which we're going to talk about but also if you needed the history of prog metal this is it right here mean deviation this is like a crazy book that is basically anything you ever wanted to know about progressive metal and its history and it's fantastic so uh highly recommend that. i want to give him a shout out for that book um let me backtrack let me introduce everyone else daniel levy kyle fagala and victor Giel. hi everybody hello gotta hello. give everybody a intro um but I want to ask you about, because you recently posted uh, a really cool announcement about a secret project you've been working on, which is a Fate's Warning uh, autobiography, an authorized one with the band and everything. So uh, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, well, I did the little soft launch, as the kids say, uh, just got the cover out there. Uh, I've been working on it for about two and a half years and just kind of having gotten to know Jim Mateos over the years through various hats I've worn and intersections we've had. I just, uh, I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan. And um, I finally wanted to get back on, on the book saddle and just write, write another thing. And when I was considering what I wanted to do, I always look at my bookshelf and go, well, what, what, what's not on there that I'd like to have? So I, I did the Fate's Warning book. I took it on myself. I wasn't sure how much of a story they would have because it's not like Motley Crue, The Dirt, where there's a lot of like, you know, drugs and, and, you know, groupies and all this. Um, but I'm also not that interested in that, but, um, I, I actually found a, a lot that was very, very interesting that I didn't even know. Uh, and Jim was extremely helpful and he granted me access to everybody, you know, currently in the band or, you know, all the ex members. I, I literally talked to every single person that had been through the band, uh, as an official member, uh, other than maybe Jason Keezer, and guest keyboardists and stuff, but um, yeah, he was great. And um, they were, they're all a fantastic group of guys and I'm, I'm real psyched with the book. I've been working on it really hard and it's going to look great, hopefully read well. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get it out. It should be out by the end of the year. Great. That's fantastic. Looking forward to it, man. That should be really good. It's a celebration and of all fates too. I didn't, you know, I didn't favor Arch. I didn't favor Alder. I'm one of these fans that, you know, I appreciate all of their eras so uh, i wanted to give everyone equal footing and an equal look yeah and we should also give uh, a shout out to your podcast which is called radical research um you and your friend i apologize hunter his name, right hunter again hunter again and uh that's you guys cover some crazy out there music on that so uh definitely check that out if you want to hear about bands you've never heard of you, you do do some bands we have heard of to be sure. fair yeah. Um, but uh, you guys uncover a lot of crazy stuff on there. So that's a lot of fun and cool podcast that actually Thank Rolling you. Stone covered. So, yeah, they did. Uh, the, the short word on radical research is this. It, there's 30,000 pod podcasts out there in music, apparently. 
I figured if I was going to start one, I, I better do something that like nobody else is covering. So, you know, you look at the 30,000 and you go, well, what aren't they doing? So that's, that's right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, there is a YouTube channel uh, that's run by a gentleman, Canadian gentleman called Sam Dunn, uh, Banger TV. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff. Uh, is it Banger TV? Or... I think that's Banger Films is what he goes as. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and it's it's really cool. I recommend people to go check it out because uh, Sam, I don't know exactly how long ago it was, but he did a great, almost like a breakdown of the origins of metal. And then he goes into all the different subgenres. Uh, and he goes into extreme metal. He'll go into prog metal. And it's a really cool way of just seeing where everything is at. Uh, and Jeff, uh, I know that Jeff has contributed to that. Uh, I, I knew Jeff before I saw him on this documentary. So when I saw him in the documentary, I was like, holy moly, Jeff's a big deal. That, and, was, uh, that was filmed in 2012. Can you believe that? Yeah, I, I, know it's, I know it was a while ago. And he's expanded yeah. on it a little bit. But uh, yeah. I thought it was really, really well done. Had never seen anything beforehand and he he really covers all his bases you could tell that he's a fan and he's passionate yeah. um i remember when roy had started uh the prog report i you know this was kind of you know what i had what i thought that the that the metal world needed was somebody to actually start cataloging all these things because it's been around long enough to be a respected music form art form and you know, it was it's so so well done. So really cool that that I, that you got to be a part of that as well. Yeah, it was fun. I went up to Brooklyn to, to film it and was nervous as hell, but uh, yeah, it was fine. He he, he put me at ease because he's just like us, right? Uh, I think it's called Metal Evolution, right? Yes, Anybody yes, I think it that's it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, um, anything else that we need to know about what you what you working on? Any other books uh, happening? Or well, I'm definitely doing a Voivod book next. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I've got I've gotten you know a band and management approval for that. I've been doing interviews. Uh, the Fate's Warning one kind of took a head of steam and just you know to use the cliche, it kind of took on a life of its own. Yeah. Uh, so I put the Voivod one in the back burner, but um, that's definitely happening. So that's the next one. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So uh, we'll look forward to that. Uh, all right, I'm really excited to see what you end up picking on this because um, I know you might have a few surprises, and we don't really have an order of who's gonna go where so you know um let's uh uh let's say you know let's... i i had to go last last i know time. i, I, I was just looking that. at you and i was gonna say let's go kyle all right so we're gonna go kyle first uh daniel yes. second uh well actually the way my screen is looking so we'll go kyle daniel jeff myself and victor and then we'll go around so jeff we're each picking three songs uh once your song's off the board uh you know uh you can't pick it um, we generally don't end up repeating bands, but that's not against the rules. There's no rules. Um, so like we thought we'd have three Dream Theater songs on our last podcast and we had one. Right. So you, you never know how it'll, how it'll work out. All right, Kyle, so uh, you're up. Okay. Well, I wanted to go first selfishly because we all know this band's coming, but I think if we're going to do it, a list of the essential prog rock songs, you got to go metal. with the, ba metal. the band. Metal. 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 Man, the essential prog metal. metal. Oh, wait, we're doing prog metal? Shoot, I got to change my list. <laughs> throw, your, throw your papers in the air. So radio, radio, radio grab the other, grab the other stack of papers. <laughs> yeah, so prog metal. You got to pick uh, the, the band that inspired the genre as I see it. If any one band did, and I guess maybe someone could argue for Fates or for Queensryche or some others, but I think the band that, that really... Uh, invented the blueprint for prog metal that we know today is dream theater 
So I'll start with Dream Theater. Then the question becomes, well, what song do you pick by Dream Theater? For me, if you're going to pick the band that inspired prog metal as a, as a genre, you got to pick the song that inspired an entire album. So I'm going to go with Metropolis Part 1, The Miracle and The Sleeper. Um, we didn't get this in our list of the 90s uh, prog rock essential album, yeah. which we, di we didn't because we had to change the seasons. And certainly you could have picked a few others too. But I was disappointed because I think Roy knows this, but when you counted down what the top 50 prog rock songs, I think you had this at one. I think so. Um, yeah. Something like that. No, no, I think, um, yeah. It deserves it. I think Pull Me Under, like on a nostalgic level or on like an influential uh, level, you could pick that. But for me, I think in terms of inspiring all the different aspects of prog metal that you see in the genre today, I think this covers all of them. Uh, and so obviously there's like that middle section that's just unreal. And as good as I think I am at the drums, if I ever listen to that section and try and keep up with it, I realize that I'm not very good. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think it remains their signature track for a reason. So uh, yeah. yeah, Metropolis. I mean, pull me under, guide us all in the door, you know, to check yeah. it out. But when I hit when I hit Metropolis, listening to the album, that changed so the, the game. Yeah. That that changed everything. And you know, you just gotta remember that by now, there's a million bands doing that kind of stuff. That's more complicated, you know, eight string guitars and whatever else is going on. But back then, that was insanity. I mean, it really was like we hadn't heard anything like it. So. Yeah, I think that's that's warranted. Jeff, where are you on on the on Dream Theater? I mean, are you still a fan? You still, still... I, I I late I'd say the the last eight or nine albums. There's a there's a couple I love, and then some I just don't like at all. Uh, I, I thought Distance Over Time was great uh, for the most part. Um, just it's more song oriented, which is why I like Octavarium. But I love the first three. I got into them in '89 with the first album, and they were doing something so unique it felt so different it was it felt like a hybrid of some of the other things that we were all liking whether it was kansas or metallica or whatever they just kind of brought this all together you know yep um, and i love images and words and metropolis is utterly fantastic probably my favorite song in that album so kyle's absolutely spot on i i think nice think. perfect all right let's uh let's move on dan not, yeah. not a particularly controversial pick i get it no but it's one that had to <laughs> be, have to be. I mean, it was you know yeah, no, it's a great pick. So yeah. I'll start off by saying that this theme for the podcast is perfect for all of us and it's perfect for me too, but that doesn't mean I'm happy about it. No, <laughs> I only got three picks and I need like at least seven. And the worst part is that I don't trust any of you to cover for me. <laughs> but we'll leave that for the honorable mentions later. Um, I think this band could not, not be on this list. It's Opeth a band that likes to change and constantly evolve their sound. Michael is a household name in the prog world for his innovation and songwriting. The song I'm picking is my personal favorite song, Harlequin Forest from their album, Ghost Records. Um, this is the shortest of the songs I'm picking, spoiler alert, <laughs> but nevertheless, it still takes you on a journey. It's like 11 minutes, I think. Michael's clean vocals only get better over time. 
And this is a display of him combining them with a great syncopated guitar riffs that Opeth is known for. Um, not only that, we get beautiful clean guitar sections, we get the guitar duets and the grouse too. And the grouse here, they aren't used just for the sake of being evil or edgy. They serve a purpose and work perfectly in their context. So yeah, you've got a perfect Opeth song right here. With everything they do, done well. You like yeah, that album. Yeah. You always go back to that album. Is that your favorite yeah, album? Yeah, I, I think Ghost Reveries is probably a top, a top pick for me. And I love Pale Communion too. I like Still Life, the one we mentioned last time. Um, Blackwater Park, of course, a, a classic. But Ghost Reveries, it, it hits that, that perfect um, sweet spot there in the middle of the era. It's, it's great stuff. Daniel, I, I got a question for you, Daniel, because Opeth is, I think, a very interesting band because in their evolution of sound, they started out as a death metal band, band with growls and really fast technical stuff. And then they have morphed into what they are now. Mm -hmm. If I was to consider them for a you know, progressive metal list, I really wouldn't go to the newer stuff can't go to the older stuff because it's not progressive. So at which point is, is Ghost Reveries the point where you feel that it no, may have? I think the, po the point where I feel it becomes progressive enough to call it prog is still life. That's the transition point. But you get a lot of proggy stuff in the middle uh, before. Even Morning Rise has songs that, that are like lots of odd time signatures and you mix in the acoustic guitars with different elements. Uh, but the song I picked, Harlequin Forest, is from Ghost Rivers, and it's dead center in their catalog. It's that sweet spot between the prog and the death metal and how they change and, and use different elements. I think it's a, a, a perfect pick for this particular topic. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Hey, hey, Jeff, chime in, man, if you have comments and stuff. Oh, don't, I have so many wait, comments. I have don't so wait for comments. us to ask. I mean, just for, I know, first of all, I know Harlequin Opeth Forest. is your band, too. So Yeah, absolutely. Harlequin Forest is um, a highlight. So, again, yeah. I, I have to agree. Um, I disagree that they were never um, death metal enough to not be progressive. I, I think even the first album, Orchid, plenty of progressive yeah. moments on there. Um, like it Daniel has a, said, like a full piano song on, on Orchid. For sure. It, uh, yeah, they were always there. Um, I just think they expanded it and certainly brought in more of the 70s influences as they went along. Uh, but, you know, even even the second album uh, just has that earthy vibe that the 70s prog rock albums had. Uh, the, I, I, it's well known that Michael was always fully into that stuff. Um, and I just to me, they always had one foot in 70s prog rock as much as they did metal. I just I just feel like they sort of became prog in quotes, um, with still life. I think that's a, that's a good marker to where they really began to appeal to that crowd, I guess. Is there uh, a point where they cease to be prog metal in your opinion? Well, sure. Heritage. I mean, but they, right. everybody they, says that, that that's the yeah. one. Yeah. That Heritage was a very conscious is, decision. And what, one thing I've rock. Yeah. 
it's totally prog rock and that's all they've been since they're, they're i mean sorceress has plenty of metal but it doesn't have the metal that they started with which was yeah. the more death metal morbid angel influenced vocal type stuff um and really you know i don't get opeth fans who don't like the new stuff i mean you can not like it that's fine but to to there's just so much backlash by some people against michael dropping clean vote dropping the harsh vocals but to me as a listener since the first album like they were always going that way like it's not a surprise that opeth is this now that's where they were always going and i feel like they listen to the other nine albums with the heavy vocals if you don't like it you know and it just i don't i don't get it i don't get the backlash i agree with you it's a gradual evolution you can hear the influence in the beginning and it gradually goes over time and i love all their stuff literally from orchid to the latest one same yeah so same. even though it sounds different it's still great stuff it's well composed songs completely yeah, agree. yeah i mean it's still the thing with them is that they never went like pop you know, it's still pretty heavy, elaborate, you know, progressive. It's, it, you know, he just doesn't growl. I mean, sort of. I mean, it, it's not like they went and made Invisible Touch. Let's keep it for in future, perspective. Future, future Bites. For Future Bites. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Right. Uh, yeah. All right. So, uh, well, Jeff, your pick. Let's see uh, your first pick. Well, you said we can't pick the same songs, but we can pick the same bands. Yeah. Well, I had Opeth on my list. <laughs> so we're going to keep talking about Opeth, if that's okay. Okay. Um, I picked Black Rose Immortal, the very lengthy song from the second album, Morning Rise, yeah. uh, because wow. that that is the one that absolutely shows that they um, were bucking anything that was popular or familiar at the time in metal. Um, it's just the, the qu a quintessential early Opeth song that shows them as a fully formed progressive band. And whether you want to call them rock or metal, doesn't matter. Uh, I just think that that's that's a that's a high point for early Opeth. I mean, their prominent bass work on a fretless, uh, the earthy '70s recording, um, just all the different twists and turns, the maze-like turns that might remind you of Close to the Edge. If you you know, like a, like a prog rock listener coming into Opeth with this song, uh, would be reminded more of the 20-minute epics from the '70s than anything that was current at the time in, in the mid '90s in metal. I think. Um, so that's where I'm at with it. And I think Morning Rise in general is an album that uh, is a high point in their early, on their early records. And yeah, Black Rose Immortal. Yeah. Okay, well, we've never gone it's, two songs in the Yeah, the never has that happened. Uh-oh. So this is record-breaking. I'm never going to get invited back. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Actually, it's safe to say that the biggest fan in the world of yours right now is Daniel. Yeah, I'm very happy. <laughs> actually, I'm torn because I'm thinking, oh, man, I could have got a different band. <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> That's funny. All right. Uh, this is so tough, man. I, I was looking at the bands I wrote down, and I and I just don't know where to go. Um, but I'm going to Opeth. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I can promise it's not Opeth. I'm going to jump um, to a newer band just because I want to make sure I get this song in, and I don't want anybody to steal my my pick from this band. So I'm going to no, go Haken. Coming. I'm going to yeah. go Haken, and 
I think might be a surprising pick, but I'm going to go Celestial Elixir uh, from the first album. Uh, And uh, I've been listening to this song recently again a lot. And it and it wasn't my favorite song by them when I first was getting into the band, but over the years, it's become my favorite song by them. And and I think it's got everything. Everything in it is just perfect. And the thing that makes me even more impressed about it is that they wrote that song on their debut album, which which is insane. And I I think it's one of the best debut albums you'll hear by any band ever, uh, frankly. Um, They've they've made better albums along the way that I like better. Um, But that song, uh, just the quirkiness about it, the chorus is awesome. Um, you know, the, the, the shredding in the middle, the breakdown, the 17 minutes, the whole thing to write that on your first album, I think is just incredible. And I think it's a song that over the years has gotten maybe overlooked. Uh, they have played it live recently many times, but, um, I think that song still stands as what they ended up doing kind of later. It's the song that sticks out from that album is like, what, this is what Haken's going to be. So that's my pick. things to say about Haken yeah. and how I love Aquarius. I think that album is great and the quirkiness that you mentioned it's apparent and even though it's their album that sounds mostly like Dream Theater and other bands than, the, than what they would become and evolve into their own sound uh, that's still like a great pick and album uh, even though I think even some of the band members aren't even so much fond of that early years anymore but I love it too. And I think it's an interesting topic and it, it would be a podcast on its own. What is your Haken album rankings? Because I cannot for the life of me choose, man. I, I think all of the albums are constantly it's great tough. and they are always on like that above, way above average level. Well, they've never made the same album. I mean, the closest is the last yeah. two, but yeah, that's exactly. sort of by design. Right. Um, but I mean, from... Aquarius to Visions to Mountain to Affinity, they're all different, very different. And uh, it's a, it's a t- it would be a really tough one to pick, honestly. Um, but yeah, I love the band. I think they're just, they're top five, you know, current active band, you know, out there, easy. Haken to so. me is a band that I try not to be a victim of the moment because they're relatively new, but they have really come up with some very strong releases. I got into them right before Progressive Nation in 2014, Progressive Nation at Sea. Um, they, I was listening to Visions, and then The Mountain had just come out, um, and it was such a different-sounding uh, palette than what they had done with Visions, but they, were, they both equally captivated me. Then I went back and listened to uh, specifically Celestial Elixir because it was a very long song, and I was just curious. And yeah, same reaction, almost the same reaction that I had with with Metropolis. And you get to that middle section and you're like, OK, these guys are are they're not within the box. They're they're going out on their own. And, and it was a lot of fun to listen to. So I, I like the pick. You make a good point, too, by saying that, you know, you, you don't want to like I, I think we tend to like with these sorts of exercises, 
go for some of the older stuff, the classics. But I think Haken, like Leprous and like Big Big Train, well, these are some bands that probably be talked about in 30, 40 years by prog fans. So yes, they're modern, but I think they're going to stay. I think they're going to stick with people. You know what I mean? So Vic, uh, let's jump to your first pick. Oh, goodness, this is a lot of pressure. Um, you guys have picked some excellent bands. I know we only got three bands out of four picks, but I I really like that direction that, that this is going. Now, Sorry. the band that I am bringing up, and this band, I think it's very similar to uh, Opeth from the standpoint of if you listen to even their first album and you listen listen to them through now, they've always had, as they have matured their sound, they've always had the psychedelic proggy side, but with some really brutal metal side. The band is Between the Buried and Me. Uh, you know, they hail by, uh, by Jeff there in North Carolina. Yep. Um, these guys have, if you listen to their discography, even their early stuff where they didn't have the current lineup that they have now, which is a lot more proggier. Um, but even back then, they had some selections that were really, you know, would go into the mellow psychedelic realm, and it was really cool. So in trying to pick a song for this band, um, I pretty much picked a song that I felt represented them the best from their early to their later stuff, which, you know, I'm a big fan. I really like all of it. Yeah, I had a very difficult time doing that. But I think the best representative work for them, and it turns out to be a 17-minute epic the name is um swim to the moon from their album the great misdirect back in 2009 um one of the things that people can't swap you know they, they can't tolerate about between the buried and me is just the the growling there there's a lot it's you know you got growling and blast beats double bass you know there, there's some extreme stuff that's in there and one of the not that i've heard of them is especially when it comes to the prog community because we are so hyper-focused on, on melodies, on memorable hooks, you know, that's, you know, pretty much the Beatles taught us that a good melody is priceless and timeless. But this song does have a great chorus to it, and it has the heavier stuff on it, and it has some great breakdowns where they just are really mellow. You got some acoustic work. Uh, Tommy Giles Rogers does a really good job with, you know, mixing the singing with the growling, and it's it's your I hate to use the word again because it seems to be used a lot. It's quintessential BT Bam. Thing where song. people say quintessential on our podcast like it goes ding and we get like a yeah, counter the counter yeah like a running it's, counter we we got to find a different word that means it represents everything in their career equally yeah emblematic <laughs> that's another one so you know um, it look they're a band uh that i like a lot but i don't often find myself listening to them it's it's to listen to them is is so intense you know, it, it requires, it's it's just not something you can put in the background, I find. It needs to be like, okay, I'm going to listen to this now <laughs> because it's so yeah. much. Isn't it, don't they do a lot of long albums? I mean, I have some. 
Yeah. Uh, but I think they tend to record too long because that type of material, I know this from listening to a lot of extreme metal, that's best at 35, 40 minutes. It's not a, a 75 minute workout. It just, it, it's, 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 it's exhausting for even the most hardened. It's yeah. It's you know, really, it's re really relentless. And it's yeah. just like, you really got to sit. It's from, I know a lot of people do like that type of music more. I, I, it's not my favorite type of prog metal, but I do like them. I think they're great. And I have a, a bunch of their albums, um, but I don't love it all. It, it's, it's one level too much <laughs> on the other side of Opeth or something, but uh, you know, to listen to often for me. But great band anyway, and and a good choice there. So that's our first round is uh, so we got Dream Theater, Metropolis, two Opus songs, Hollywood Forest, Black Rose, uh, Immortal, uh, Haken, Celestial Elixir, and BT Bam, uh, Swim to the Moon. It's our first round. So Kyle, uh, round number two. And I'm excited. And I, I wore a black shirt since we were talking about prog metal. So I was trying to. It looks like three three of us got the memo on Oops. that. And then, Two red, which is I, I assume for, for blood, which is yeah, very metal. So great. Um, so I'm gonna go with a band that you could argue is the most popular and the best known band that plays prog metal. And now you're wondering who might that be? Um, and I think this is a band much like Pink Floyd. You could probably say the same thing of Pink Floyd as it pertains prog rock. I think they're maybe not classified as prog metal because they are so popular. Uh, and the band is Tool, and no, the song is not Stink Fist. Sorry, Vic. <laughs> not this time. Um, That's but okay. I'm going to go with what I feel like is their greatest accomplishment as a prog rock song, and that would be 2001's Lateralis. Um, why I picked that, and go with me for a second. Vic was trying to explain like lyrical, like uh, you know, details and things. Don't I make the mistake an... I made. Just stay away I... from that stuff. <laughs> I think it's important to at least get this across the finish line. I tried this when we we're talking about Danny Carey as a, as a drummer, but the original title of this song was 987, and it refers to the time signatures that alternate between 98, 88, and 78. 987 is also the 16th number of the Fibonacci sequence. And so they use that Fibonacci sequence, you know, they, they're all into numbers, and especially Danny Carey. Uh, in the Fibonacci sequence is what shows up in like ferns and pine cones and, and this sort of thing. There's a lot you can read about that. And it's a thing where the next number in the sequence is you take uh, the two numbers before it and add it together. So you got like zero and then one, zero plus one is one. So the next number is one, one plus one is two, one plus two is three. So you, you keep going down the line. And so even in the way that Maynard has written his lyrics, it follows that pattern. And so from syllables, you got one, one, two, three, five, eight, five, three. Also, Danny Carey's drumming follows this same pattern. Um, and so you can watch more videos about it. But just all that to say is, is that as a progressive rock and progressive metal concept, I just don't know that there's anything that really matches that on that kind of mathematical you, level. You've convinced us. We are convinced. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it is. It is. Prog yeah. Metal. We've it, reached it, peak prog yeah. metal nerdiness right now. Yeah. We're like right there. <laughs> The reason I bring it up is, is that I feel like it's important with an essential album to get in their music that has inspired and influenced, whether it's bands in prog metal or not, but bands that take that approach. And so when you look at like math rock and things that come out of different genres and swim in different streams, they're definitely influenced by this sort of approach. Um, and it happens to be a really great song with really cool parts and grooves and Tool does what Tool does, right? Um, but to me, this is kind of the apex of them as a prog metal band. Okay, the it end. Over, 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 over. 
you know, I, you make a ton of great points. I love the, the whole like numerology, you know, right. reflecting nature and, and nature's sort of um, patterns and, and uh, Danny Carey, of course, being really into all that kind of stuff. You could, mm. you could do a book on that. Um, but what's great about tools, like they, they take these overarching, like high concept sort of ideas but the final product doesn't confuse, right? It's actually really accessible for people. Um, mm -hmm. They somehow smooth it out despite being nine, eight, 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 seven, eight, all this weird stuff going on. That's one of the magic elements of tool, I think, is that ability to sort of appeal to a broad base, but stay so sophisticated in their concepts, right? Uh, yeah. It's just, it's astounding. I, I, well, they're one of, the, one of a kind to, to fill an arena playing yeah. a song in nine, eight, 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 seven, eight. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> About the Fibonacci sequence. Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yep. You said Bruno it. Bruno Mars was going to have a Fibonacci sequence song in his last album, but he, he opted for something about champagne rooms instead. Lame. So, you know. <laughs> Sell out. Sell out. <laughs> I have seen Bruno Mars twice. I'm, I'm not going to lie about that. But anyway, I digress. Yes. Uh, all right, Dan, uh, your pick. Okay, let's go. My second pick, this is a band that's already a modern classic on the prog metal genre. Their last three albums are all masterpieces in my eyes and they're, in my opinion, one of the three bands that are carrying the prog metal torch right now. This Trinity, two of them were mentioned, Haken and Leprous. The third one is Caligula's Horse. Uh, you've heard us, like mostly me, talk about them a million, a million times. Um, but the song I'm picking is their epic Graves. Not Kyle Graves, just Graves. <laughs> um, this song has everything they're good at. The riffs and themes are top-notch. You could say it's a quintessential song or even an emblematic song. Structurally, it takes a lot of very creative liberties and the result is most likely their most popular song among, amongst fans. I think it's probably number one on most everyone's list. So it's a 15-minute ride with some fantastic vocals, lyrics. And saxophone. About, yeah, and legacy. I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> and an amazing band behind it. That's the thing. If you're a fan of any of the other bands we're talking about here today, chances are you're going to love this song and band. And like just the, la the, the last section with the crowd chanting and the saxophone is something that's very unique to them and to that album and I think represents the evolution of prog metal very well. Well, I, I knew you were picking them, so I didn't even think I didn't yeah. even worry about having no, to. But if I, not, to. I would have gone with that song too. So that was that was a great choice. Yeah, and their their guitarist Sam literally has a PhD on progressive metal. So how could I not pick it? 
Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Dr. Prog metal. So yep, he's like amazing. even so so his analysis of, of the prog music would be even nerdier than what Fagel just did that? for yep. for Tool. Not possible. Um, yeah. <laughs> so d- doesn't the presence of a saxophone mean it's not prog metal? Doesn't the saxophone bring it down a notch? No, no I think he, he, that's super. Basic. That's super prog metal. To yeah, throw that in there. Uh, Richard Henshaw in his solo album The Cocoon a couple of years ago in one of his opening songs in a really heavy part had this really just weird saxophone part in there and it fit right in and that's that was metal so the thing is we should do best use of saxophone in a prog metal song podcast (laughs) it's graves Esan would be in there if if anybody's interested in that which one Esan the uh ex-emperor oh yeah yeah yeah, sure yeah okay he used the shining the guy from shining on sax yeah uh all right jeff your pick pick. (laughs) roy's like next (laughs) this pick is uh anybody that knows me is probably not gonna be surprised in fact not with the next two picks but i I gotta go with these guys because uh they just mean so much not only to me but in my opinion to this entire diaspora that we're talking about um they were the first band that i really that i was into as a kid they weren't quite progressive yet but they were mentioning all these progressive rock bands, Van der Graaff Generator, King Crimson, and it got, they got me so excited. And that's Voivod from Canada. Um, uh, and and, and they, they epitomize progressive, as I understand it, just because every single ev- step in their evolution is brave, different, they're searching, they're, um, they're trying new things, they're, they're you know they respond to what's happening with technology and, and what's out there available to them um and i've always just found them so fascinating um and my pick for them is a 17 minute song called jack luminous from their outer limits album from 1993. this is a song that they they finally got to this point in their musicality where they were like we can do a long prog song now like we, we think we've mastered our instruments enough and our compositional skills enough to, to take a page from Vandergraaff Generator. They actually are huge Vandergraaff Generator fans. Uh, and they even called this their, their version of uh, Plague of Lighthouse Keepers, which is one of the great epics from the 70s. Um, and Jack Luminous exists as the longest and by far most progressive song in their very progressive catalog. Uh, and I think um, with, with, with this, the production on Outer Limits is shimmering and, and clean. And um, I just feel like people that don't think they like Voivod, if they give this song a listen, they will completely understand why I'm electing to throw it in with all these other Between the Buried and Me's and Opeths and Hakens and, and everything else we've talked about. Um, no, it's cool to include them for sure. And, and, you know, it's not a band that gets enough play on, uh, within our group. I don't think anybody's like a big fan, maybe Vic is, uh, or more familiar, but you know, it's, it's not a band I thought of 
as a prog band until the last few years when I started to see prog magazine writing about them and, and from you and I talking and, get, and actually getting to work with them a little bit and realizing that they really have that kind of background, which I always thought they were just sort of a metal band, you know, that yeah. and not really along along those lines. But um, no, but it's cool. And they definitely are included in that. And um, I think worthy of, of putting in here, sure, as an influence. And if we're talking about metal being progressive and we're yeah. doing a progressive metal thing i think they absolutely have to be there so that's yeah, yeah, yeah for sure why, why my pick yeah solid pick uh am i up now i'll look at that okay well i mean i guess i'm gonna go wow this is crazy um so many choices so many choices i'm gonna go well i can't believe we got haven't gotten to this band yet and uh, so i'm gonna go porcupine tree um anesthetize from fear of a blank planet and uh I, it's been it's surprising that we got this song without mentioning stephen wilson on a podcast but um i did I mention think, future bites <laughs> that's right we did mention <laughs> the future bites um yeah i you know it's tough because to me sometimes they don't cross over enough to that progressive metal um especially the earlier records you know light bulb sun stupid dream in absentia starts to kind of broach that a little bit um and uh, and then deadwing is really just more sort of progressive then i don't think there's that much metal on it it's a couple of metal sections yeah uh but fear of a blank planet's really their metal record and uh and this is their epic song that i think ranks up there and probably in the top three if not favorite song for most uh pt fans um and uh yeah just a, a killer song you know 17 minutes um what, what else can you say about it i think this is this is the one you go to if you're talking porcupine tree as a as a prog progressive metal group and one that had to be on on here It's the most unique way to do progressive metal. You know, uh, Stephen Wilson, he's a genius, whether you like it or not. But uh, the way he approaches the heaviness, the guitar riffs and the metal, he views it as elements, not as a genre or anything. So he uses it to make the song be augmented in some way. And I think that's the beauty of it. When you go to Fear of a Blank Planet, it has a different atmosphere because he used that stuff just like he he would use a different instrument or a different technique. It's a very unique way to do it. And it's very, and it works very well. And I, I had in my honorable mentions, Blackest Eyes, because I think it's heavier and it works better, better in the metal context. But Anesthetize is my, is my favorite song by PT. So yeah, amazing pick. You can track when Stephen Wilson got into Meshuggah. It was in absentia. You start hearing those kind of riffs. You know. yeah. yeah well and also we're start, he started working with uh Mike, michael from opeth around the same yeah. period and, and took from that mm -hmm. so uh they influenced each other a lot and uh, you can hear it on, on both sides True. Yep. so um all right vic you're for your second pick sorry uh i'm i'm kind of following suit with um 
thinking back to the 90s ultimate uh, prog and uh, this is a band where i had a hard time picking a song for them back for for that one they have to be on this list they are the godfathers of the and i've said this before they're the godfathers of the gent subgenre of, of progressive metal of course the band is Meshuga. and um just picking a song up i'm just thinking progressive metal everything that they do is insane as we spoke about last time um i'll just cut to the chase from their album obzin i'm picking their uh opening track bleed and uh you know it's it's one of those songs where uh actually excuse me it's, it's not the opening track it's the third track um their song bleed is just when it starts out is just metal in your face with the rhythm guitars just going right along with a kick these guys are insane and that's just something that they they trick you into headbanging and all of a sudden they have that quick shift of time signature and all of a sudden you're, you're trying to figure things out again um just the power is great and and it's metal and these guys are just uh legends in influencing many of the bands that have continued on with that sound so just play bleed Yeah. Yeah. If, if I was going to, as a drummer, if I was going to pick uh, like a single most famous prog metal drum part, it would probably be that in terms of how influential it is. Wow. Really? If pick, yeah. If I was going to pick like a metal part, it'd be like one or something, hmm. you know, by metallic, like it's, it's thought of in that way. I'm probably missing something, forgetting something, whatever, maybe under glass moon or something, but um, that herda that he's doing, which is like a, alternating drag kind of thing like really taken from like military drumming and like on a snare placing it onto the feet and so when he learned that it took him several months to be able to play it correctly it's truly like a next level technical drumming part that now eight-year-old you know asian females can play on youtube but <laughs> in in the day it was really influential and a huge deal and, and a really big part of that technical side of prog metal that we see in drumming today yeah all right nice one all right so uh, second round Oh, wait, did we do all of, uh, yeah, we did. Yep. So second round was uh, Lateralis uh, from Tool, uh, Caligula's Horse with Graves, Voivod, Jack Luminous, um, uh, Porcupine Tree, Anensitize, and Meshuggah with Bleed. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of famous bands still not on this thing, guys. Queensryche, Fate's Warning, Devin Townsend. I'm just sorry, I had some people I had written down here. We haven't even yeah, we got to to do some cleanup here. So let's see what, <laughs> we, yeah. Uh, all right, Kyle, you're up. Well, it won't be me. So I hope someone else gets <laughs> pain of salvation and some of these other ones in. I just assumed some people would go in different directions, but hey, oh man, this is, this is, we have honorable mentions for a reason. So I'm going to go in just a little bit different direction, but one that I feel like fits and works. And it's a song that I personally really like. And I want to see this band included in this conversation. And uh, this is a song that was part of their 2009 album, Crack the Sky. And uh, this is the band Mastodon. 
and the song Oblivion. So this is this album yeah. that I just like wore yep. out. That's, um, not a, that's not a crazy pick, but all. You like no, that not a, yeah, not a, not a crazy pick, but certainly, you know, I hope the rest of you clean up for me. Um, but a couple of things I want to mention about Mastodon is, is it's interesting with an album like this. This is not a like a true like prog metal band that was it's always churning out prog metal, but this is kind of like their prog metal album, if any one of them is. Um, you got three lead singers in this group. And you've got uh, Brent Hines that uh, during the work on this album, he listened to Court of the Crimson King by King Crimson every day is inspiration. That's what he said. And then Bran, the drummer, and then Troy, the bass player, uh, they listened to Pink Floyd's Animals. And so they all three sing on the album, which I think is what brings it to this level of something that's unique and that I want to get on this. Um, I just love how the song, it's a short song. It's like five minutes, 45 seconds. Um, I love how it just changes on a dime rhythmically and melodically rhythmically because that's the way that they play but also just melodically because you got these different singers and I it's it's a sort of song that we kind of alluded to this with Tool like it's really complex and complicated but it works on just like a just a basic groove level as a drummer I love Brandaler's drumming um, he's one of the maybe the busiest drummer in, in modern drumming today he's always playing fills um, and he does these like super long fills in the song that extend beyond the measure and then it kind of picks back up and I love, as someone who loves metal, and I also love like stoner rock and some punk, they combine all that with technical prog metal on this album. And lastly, conceptually, it's a high concept. And so I won't bore you with all the details, but there's five classical Greek elements, water, earth, fire, air, and ether, which is like spirit. This album is conceptually based around ether. Um, one of the songs in here is written for Brand's 14-year-old sister that committed suicide. And so there's some of that kind of depth in the lyrics that I really like. And they've made albums on four of those classical elements. We'll see if they get to air one day. Um, but that's my quick take on Oblivion. Yeah. Kyle does his research. Always. One, one thing you mentioned that I wish we saw more of in metal, whether it's progressive metal or just metal in general, is multiple vocals. You know, I, I like Absolutely. I love when, you know, Queen was basically a multiple vocal band, obviously a lot of Freddie, but they were a multiple vocal band. Um, Beatles, Kiss, whoever you want to name like that used to be a thing in the 70s. And I just it, I, I think it's a it's a device that's just not exploited enough in metal. Agreed. I'd like to see more multiple vocal bands. Yeah, the band does it so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Dan. I, I agree. All right, guys. You knew no this pressure. was coming. No pressure. No <laughs> pressure. As much as it pains me not to pick Pain of Salvation or Leprous, come on. It's, it's Pragmato. It's me. It's Symphony X. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, let me talk about <laughs> them for a bit. I, I would divide their catalog into two, three eras, uh, and it gets more and more metal over time. Their latest albums are all very heavy. They had very, like, perfect songs that would perfectly fit here. And Russell Allen's vocals also get more aggressive over time, too, which is great. 
But to me, my favorite era is their middle one from Divine Wings through the Odyssey. They hit that sweet spot between prog and orchestral and heaviness and riffs. You name it perfectly, all their elements. So yeah, just a couple of weeks back, we were on the 90s Ultimate Podcast. And spoiler alert, I picked Divine Wings of Tragedy on that, which is one of my favorite songs ever. But for the sake of variety, I'm going a different direction. And my pick is Through the Looking Glass. Uh, because what's more prog than a song about Alice in Wonderland, right? <laughs> and the album is Twilight in Olympus, which was one of the progress albums last year. And I was happy to see all the positive reaction it got from, from the fans and readers of the prog report. Uh, this song is a classic. It's 13 minutes long, not too long, not too short. It's very keyboard and piano oriented, but You got all the classic Michael Romeo riffs and noodlings and insane solos and that kind of stuff. And well, uh, I've said enough. Through the Looking Glass, Symphony X. I think I had you written down for Symphony X, Killigo's Horse, Pain of Salvation. Yeah, man, like it was tough. I have Pain of Salvation here and it could go either way. Maybe if we had, if we've done this another week. We just give Daniel a bonus pick. I mean, thank you. So Pain of Salvation, Idiocracy. <laughs> Bonus if at track. the end of this pain of salvation's not been picked we're giving daniel a bonus pick this Thank is not you. my podcast it's so but I, tough that's my to vote. make i mean god this Dude, is it's, it's so many bands task. are going to get yeah. left off this happens every time it's so brutal yeah. to yeah. do it um all right jeff uh well since i felt a little pressure to not pick arcturus uh in the woods beyond <laughs> dawn Godam's guard solo fault uh all my beloved Norwegian weirdos. I'm so confused. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Look into are it, these, man. I'll, I'll, these... I'll send you. A, I'll send you a suggested playlist after this. Sure. Um, sure. I, I had to go with Fate's Warning, not because I want to push my book or anything. You know, Fate's Warning fans will buy it or they won't buy it. I don't care. I love Fate's Warning, um, and I think that uh, I, I almost didn't want to say this, but they all they, but I'll say it they tend to get sort of like, you look at the big three of prog metal. It's, it's usually Dream Theater, Queensryche, Fate's Warning. I've always been one, I love all of those bands. Uh, been into those bands for a long time. I'm old, but, I, but to me, Fate's Warning are the most consistently awesome of, of, of those bands. Um, they've given me so much, I, I, just, I just find their music so evergreen. Like it's it just, none, none of the eras ever, seem old to me i just i just can't wait to hear them again um they're a huge band for me so i picked uh something from perfect symmetry arguably their most proggy album um it was right before terry brown came on board with them um i would have liked to hear heard the album produced by terry brown but it wasn't uh nevertheless uh, there's a song on there called at fate's hands which is seven minutes uh of epicness it's it could have been 20 minutes they just truncated it down to seven 
Uh, Kevin Moore from Dream Theater happens to play on that. Um, it starts out in, in this really orchestral fashion uh, with the string quartet, I believe, um, gets into some serious, serious playing. Very spare on the vocals. Ray just comes in for a little bit, very gentle, very delicate um, verses, and then they're off on a tangent. And uh, Jim Matheos told me that he, he thinks that it's their um, ripoff of Kansas Magnum Opus, which he might think that, but I, I, I <laughs> tend to disagree. I think it's its own song, and I think it's absolutely worthy of uh, being considered as one of the top 15 prog metal tracks. It's, uh, it's, it's fate's warning at kind of a, a certain climax in a way. So speaking for a fellow prog reporter who is one of the biggest Fate's Warning fans, awesome. Kyle Graves would be absolutely eating this up. So, but that is, that is an awesome pick. Uh, and thank you so much for taking the pressure off of me for having to pick. <laughs> Great representation. Awesome. Thanks. Right you, know, you know, Kyle and Jeff kind of favor one another on, on some level. You said you're an old guy, but you don't look like an old guy. So I don't well, know what... You. They Maybe have listening this... to Fate's Warning is like a secret to longevity yeah. or something. Possibly. <laughs> the Fountain of Youth. The Fountain of Youth, yeah. for sure. I, I better get on that. Well, they both have the long hair, too, right? <laughs> they're kind of like, yeah. they're, they're doppelgangers. He's a mix kinda, between whatever. Kyle and Jeff. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, that's great. Well, thank you for covering Fate's Warning, because uh, I was even feeling pressure to fill, fill them in. and, and uh, I... I have a question for Jeff now that we got Fate's Warning out of the way. Um, their last album, their last song of the 13th album, which is the 13th track, is called The Last Song. Yep. Any inclination as to the information you got from writing the book or, Absolutely. you know, anything? Read yeah. the book. You'll find out. I mean, Ray, Ray Alder gave an interview when that last album came out that he basically said, yeah, I don't think there's going to be another Fate's Warning album. Now, there have been times in their career where Jim hasn't been sure he's wanted to do another one, but they, they end up coming back and doing one. Um, for all I know, and this is nothing that's not out there, uh, it, it, they haven't made a huge official announcement, uh, but for all I know, and I don't think it's a secret, so I can say it, yeah, they don't have any intention of recording any more albums. Um, when Jim feels spent or when Jim doesn't feel inspired, he just doesn't do anything. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't force it, I guess. Yeah, that's what I've learned. Um, and I go into that a little bit in the final chapter of the book. So there's, there's more on that from the guys and yeah, uh, right. that's pretty much, that was by design. The last song on the last album, 13th album, 13 songs. Yeah. Thank you, nope. sir. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, um, I'm feeling like I got to sort of pick this is great English. Got to sort of, um, I have to pick, um, Queensryche. 
although I felt very closely like to yeah. maybe picking uh well I was between Queensryche Riverside and Devin Townsend. We we almost never picked Devin Townsend on this podcast mm-hmm. for some reason. But I I don't know how we can leave Queensryche off and how we can leave off Eyes of a Stranger. So that's where I'm going. And uh close second offbeat kind of track was NM156, which is gonna be my other pick. Oh nice. But, um but Eyes of a Stranger, I think, is just everything of that genre for me when i was growing up listening to that it was just it was like metal pink floyd i'd never heard anything like it and uh you know probably their most successful album um well empire is more commercially successful but the one all fans like and and is their most uh, I guess acclaimed record and everything is is mind crime and and that's and that song is the one from it as well. So um uh yeah, Eyes of a Stranger. If you don't have Queens, Riot, and Fates, and Dream Theater on this list, GTFO. <laughs> There's just you got to have those. So thank you for filling yeah. that gap. Although, uh, man, still a lot of great stuff left <sighs> off. There's a lot, of, a lot in there, and in the progressive metal world. I mean, I was like, which song from American Soldier are you going to pick? Yeah, you know? that was a tough one. That was a tough. I'm one. Kidding. Yeah. I, yes, <laughs> <Sorry>. I know. <laughs> uh, all right, fix. So you oh, have gosh. everything left to choose from it's all on you going with well thinking this is the ultimate album and we're going to listen to these songs in sequence from you know kyle's and then now i'm last um just trying to think of of a great ending and we're talking prog metal so it's got to be metal but prog it's got to be epic and huge and just what i keep thinking of is what what what's the best way of closing out an album with just being overwhelmed with a wall of sound but this particular song i got to experience this song live on progressive nation at sea i specifically remember um just going into the the theater uh hall in the front of the ship and this song came on and the other thing that makes this song very proggy is that he's got a female lead lead vocalist uh anna van giersbergen did i get that correct yeah Yeah, van giersbergen the name of the song is grace um grace is prog in the standpoint of how it starts off nice and soft very you know, delicate vocal over the top. And when that chorus kicks in with the choir and just everything else and just droning on that low string, that is as metal as it gets. And I think it's as epic and prog as it gets. And I think that'd be a great closing song for this album. So Grace takes it for me. 
Um, nice. Man, I'm glad you picked Devin. I am. I think he really needed to be. But, if yeah. we were doing a podcast where we had Devin on on one of these things, it was it should have been this one. So I'm glad somebody picked him. I um, I I could have picked Singularity because that is just an insane. Yeah. You know, such a genius song as far as how he brings melodies in and out. I really had a hard time picking between these last two. I knew that I wanted to pick him just because he he is metal and he's kind of like tool from the standpoint of he's kind of hard to pin down because of all the different projects and bands that he's been involved with where he has done pretty extreme metal, but he's also done some really psychedelic stuff. So he's he's an artist that that is respected, and I think you know it's it's worthy to bring him up here. Uh, but I really had a hard time trying to pin. Well, one song the other down song I I had written down from him that I was maybe going to pick was Earth Day uh, from from Teria. But you know, it's not an artist I was very familiar with up until you know probably Progression at Sea. I knew who he was. I'd heard a couple of songs. It was way too metal. I know I fi- figured it's just mm-hmm. not for me. But I remember what you're talking about walking into the theater and seeing, and it was just the loudest, loudest show I've ever seen in my life. It was just nuts. Um, but the thing with him is that when you go from different album to album, they're all very different and they all offer something interesting and unique. And so you can't just say, I don't like Devin Townsend because you might have listened to one record and it has nothing to do with the other seven records so you know it's worth it it's an artist worth exploring because he's one of the most unique people musicians out there and even i have to, I have to correct you actually you actually can say that you don't like Devin townsend but go ahead <laughs> <laughs> well you can i was going to comment on that a little bit where even if you don't like him uh, one one i'm i've kind of always been on the fence but I, I appreciate him so much i like seeing him live and one of those reasons and i and i saw grace being done live i think it was at um uh, Prague Power in Atlanta. Uh, and I think Annika w- was there singing too. I don't remember. I, but Grace was done uh, to my memory anyway. Um, but the great thing about him live is looking in the audience and seeing how many people are smiling. Like, when do you get that at a metal show that that's that, that heavy? There's something about the vibe that he gives to people that I'm like, whether you like him or not, you have to love what he puts out and what people give back. It's just, it's a, a seriously go to a Devin show next time you, you can. Well, yeah. look at the I'm audience. The last concert we saw, that's Rick right. And I went to see Devin Townsend. With oh, Haken. Wow. That was the last yeah. concert I've been to over a year ago. And right. that's the thing is that musically it's, he, it can be, it can come off very serious and intense and heavy and whatever live. He doesn't take himself seriously whatsoever. It's fun. It's yeah. all fun and and it's a joke and he's goofing off and having fun and uh, yeah, it does change. It's not your typical show. You're right. It's not like going to see Opeth or Stephen Wilson or something. Opeth like is very it's funny too. Different. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, we, that's great. Can we get to honor? Can we get to honorable mentions? This is the roundup now. Yeah. You're like okay. a kid on Christmas, Vic. You're like, can we please? <laughs> I'm excited too. Well, I, well because, yeah. Well, go ahead. Uh, you, well. How can how can periphery not make this list? Um, you know, it's easily. Oh, sorry. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, Kyle, oh, yeah, you yeah, had yeah. you had reptile. Uh, before yeah, I chapter, was thinking that's about... the song I was going to maybe pick if it came around because I think that's yeah, reptile. The best I think song race they have. car. You can make it an argument for great band. They dismissed it for me. I just um, uh, 
Marigold, yeah. Ic- Icarus Lives. Uh, those are those are really cool metal songs that a lot of people just you know have that in their, you know, in in their wheelhouse. Um, and and they are they kind of took what Meshuggah did and and applied it to a more more proggier side of things, even though they're they're still pretty heavy. Um, so I'm you know it, again it's it's just we we had what fifteen well, my, songs. my few. Uh... My few honorable mentions were, I mean, like I said, Riverside, Second Life Syndrome was was one. Um, Carnival uh, was also a possibility. And uh, Leprous, which I thought I might go with The Price, maybe, or Flood or yeah. something, one of those. Yeah, Roy, I never do this, but excuse me, but I'll say one line about each of my honorable mentions. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had, uh, of the mentioned bands, I had Porcupine Tree, Blackest Eyes, Haken, The Endless Knot, and Leprous stuck uh, as i said the two bands that i alluded to earlier when i said about carrying the torch they're amazing bands that should always be on the forefront of the conversation uh, of course i had pain of salvation i had either beyond the pale or perfect element or idioglossia since i wasn't gonna pick them i didn't really decide but they should be here and they are in my heart they should be the last song <laughs> and you can add it as a bonus trap because beyond the pale ends remedy lane beyond the pale can be uh we their, can, their best we can make that the honorary bonus track yeah. if, we, if we all agree yes. I, I would i, I had would, i had riverside too uh hyperactive i think riverside is a great metal band that uh marius as he puts it uh he makes songs that sound like songs even though it gets heavy it gets he- uh, metal it gets technical um it, it sounds like a song like very well written stuff and i also had a sleeper pick in arc heal the waters uh it's a sleeper pick from an underlooked album and Jorn land is one of the best to ever do it so i figured i just gotta shout him up and jeff, you, also yeah you, you jeff you got any i hadn't thought about uh these and i hadn't i certainly don't have songs because i hadn't thought about it but i would uh and, and I, I agree with uh, Daniel on, on leprous and some some other good ones have been named so i'll, I'll name some stuff that hasn't been named uh my inclination goes to like cynic uh certainly something off focus uh just a, just a pioneering album in every single way i just want uh, to say we made our last podcast but not this one ironically okay, well you know there you go um a, a weird band called ko dot who i love and who when they dip into metal they are uh, about as avant-garde as it gets uh but still quite listenable um i think about um i i, I named all my Norwegian favorites, so that's that's off the table. Um, I've got you know, it. it's weird to say, but probably Rush. Like I consider a lot of '70s Rush early metal, and you know, you talk about Dream Theater influencing the scene. Well, Rush were right there too, influencing Dream Theater. So um, uh, you know, I, I stayed away from them just because they've been mentioned plenty on other Prog Report podcasts, and you know, they're everywhere. Uh, but certainly something like natural science, it has so much, uh, metallic, uh, component to it yeah. that I, I would, I would mention them as well. We never mentioned any of the instrumental bands too, like LT, Animals as Leaders, Scale the sure. Summit, but they are all right. also yeah. the same wheelhouse. Yeah, we left those off. One band I've been listening to a lot because it's been in our recent discussions was Jolly. And I would throw, uh, their song, The Pattern. The Pattern, in, yeah. In this mix, so fun. Because that yeah. song is insane. It's so good. So good. Yeah. I had I had a whole thing written out about physical education by animals as leaders, but it just it got edged out. 
we talked about this in the, the before the podcast messaging was Metallica and whether they would fit in songs like and justice for all justice or for all. maybe Orion or something but I didn't think Metallica needed our press uh, for one thing <laughs> yes but, uh, I, <laughs> so in one 10 of years who like bands that are coming out just within the last four or five years would be making this list that that would be interesting if if we're failing to mention some of those but anyway Vic had something I think back in the you know 90s dream theater came out with a prog metal and there was a big push and at the time you had magna carta as a label and there were lots of really cool bands uh my you know if i had a chance if you guys had all you know picked and everything was going but it, it didn't happen and i wasn't expecting it to i did have a shadow shadow gallery um you know you talk about the combination of of, of like power metal with prog and and sort of you know ethereal sounding with great choruses uh crystalline dream i think it's the 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 popular pick out of um uh, carved in stone back in 1995 uh there's uh one band called uh, lemmer voice i think they only had one album out i knew you were gonna mention those guys but but it's you know it, it's it's not very i mean if you listen to it it's prog it's awesome you know it's it's very good it's like, super der super derivative though it, it is it is i think and everybody we mentioned here has their own unique sound for one and i think yes that's the that's probably what we comes across with with this right is that they're they're bands with with their own unique style and very influential and and longevity for yeah. the most part so um, yeah. i think i don't know if this is appropriate for me to even say on air so you can maybe edit it out but like you know doing a podcast or an episode on all the bands from the mid 90s that followed in dream theater's wake who kind of implemented the dream theater approach there were tons of those there were armies of those for a while you know i mean you could Vic, sounds like victor could probably run that show because it's, it's a, <laughs> he was listening voice? to half that you know. I mean, right wow. there i mean they were that they were a complete yeah. dream theater copy at the time i remember it was, uh, <laughs> yeah which is That's why great. it was a good first pick you know so right. you, you <laughs> exactly. write the map and people copy it. There's nothing wrong with that. That's true. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's flat. Well, I think we covered everything, guys. Uh, Jeff, I know you got to run, and it's been uh, uh, great seeing you, man, and great having you yeah, on you and too. chatting. And, nice to uh, see you and, and meet all you guys. And yeah, it was fun. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah so keep fun. an eye out for, uh, for uh, the Fates Warning book. Does it have a title? I forget it. Destination Onward. Destination Onward. So look out for that. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, elsewhere. Keep uh, keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, our podcast, and uh, progreport.com and all that. We'll see you guys next time. Awesome. See Bye. You guys. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye.